It is so great to be here. I'm Lisa Evers, your host for this special Street Soldiers Town Hall. Street Soldiers, you can hear us on Hot 97, see us on Fox 5, and also Fox Soul. I want to welcome you to our, this is our 10th annual Push for Peace Town Hall. So we are so happy and so excited to be here at the NYPD Community Center in East New York, Brooklyn, where so much work is being done to bridge the gap between the police and the community and empower our youth, not just with entertainment and athletics, that's important enough, but also with life skills to help them change the trajectory of their lives. Now, we were supposed to be here in March of 2020, um, right before the pandemic shutdown happened, so that town hall was canceled. So we're very happy to be back here for the first official TV radio town hall from the NYPD Community Center in East New York um, right now and, and doing it at this time. Um, we are already at a point, as every single one of you in this room knows, in this summer of 2020 where shootings, not just in New York City, but across the United States are near record level highs. Some of you in this audience have been personally affected by gun violence directly. Others have been affected in terms of the trauma that happens in a community when there are these shootings and this violence. We're going to be talking about it. A lot of us have been shocked by seeing the broad daylight shootings that are happening, even when kids are in the line of fire and they're not paying any attention to that. A lot of people are saying that it's gone too far. Something has to happen. Community groups like so many of the ones here and the youth groups that are here too, are doing everything that they can, that you can, and go in the nine yards, the long nights on the phone, texting people, getting the word out, getting the money, getting the funding, getting the space, doing all the scheduling, all of the work that goes into the community organizing to try to help get programs and services out to as many youth as possible. I don't think there's a person in this room that has a question in their mind that programs work, youth programs work. When there's programs, people show up. When there's youth programs, the kids get involved and they have to keep finding ways to accommodate more. And that's what we want to highlight as well. We also want to um, salute the NYPD. They are in the process, which I was told last summer, and I kind of didn't understand it, I thought it was like a slogan, of reimagining policing, building bridges with the community, instituting not just reforms in the police department as a whole, but in the way that they do everything, like this safe space for the community, especially for the children from middle school through the ages of 19, which we all know are critical steps in a child's development. So let's take a look at some of the things that have been going on. Let me introduce our panel to you here because uh, got a lot, a, lot, a lot of questions, a lot of comments and things. I'm going to start at the end here with HD. He is a college student. He is a hip hop artist from Brooklyn. He's a Marine. And he is trying to reform hip hop because, as you know, there's a lot of gun talk and people say, is that having an influence, especially on the young minds? HD, thank you so much for being with us. Also with us is NYPD Community Affairs Chief uh, Jeffrey Madry. He is the Chief of Community Affairs. He's been taking his innovative ideas for uh, helping build bridges with the community to a new level with these community centers and programs. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Aisha Sekou, you just met from Harlem. They, they took the drive here and uh, came out. We appreciate that. Thank I've you. known Aisha for a long time. And also with us is Chief Rodney Harrison. He's the NYPD's Chief of Department, highest ranking uniform commander in the NYPD. And Chief, I know you got a whole department to run. 
We appreciate you coming out and, and helping us, helping us right here. Thank you, Chief Medry. You talk about we, we've talked about police reform a lot. We talked about it on the show. We talk about it on the news. It's everywhere. But you say there needs to be community reform. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. And before I say that, I want to just let you know this is my new favorite MC right now. So <laughs> a really intelligent you. young man. But uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and Chief Harrison detailed a lot of different issues, a lot of different uh, things that we identified that may have caused different problems and may have contributed to uh, increase in crime, increase in shootings in particular. And, you know, with the pandemic that was happening, with the death of George Floyd, when all these things happened, I don't think it was a time for our communities to start uh, being torn apart. It was a time for us to come together. And, and that's what I see. Like, we want police reform, and I'm totally in agreement that, hey, we need to make changes. We need to strengthen our relationships and our bonds with our community and do things in a more professional manner in a way that brings the community closer to us. But at the same time, as the police are changing and we're making the efforts to change, the community doesn't, can't you know, take that as a pass to continue to shoot and shoot and harm each other and harm families. And, and take that as a pass to do things that are crim exactly. criminal behavior. Let's put it, so, let's call it what it is. So Lisa, so while the police reforms and we make the changes, our communities have to reform too. Our young brothers and sisters have to put guns down. We don't have to tear our community or communities apart. We need to come together. All right, Aisha, real quick on the community reform piece. What do you think about that? So uh, I just want to be clear that uh, one, the, the development of relationships does not happen overnight. And so what we need to see is we hear the brass in NYPD saying one thing, but what we actually see delivered on the street is a different thing. We have to see what they're wanting and wanting for our community and wanting for their officers to do, we have to see that in implemented in our neighborhoods. The other thing is, is that when we talk about music like HD did, and we talk about, uh, you know, there has to be hip hop reform, we have to talk about uh, language, because language drives behavior and drives the mindset. And if the mindset in the, in the music is to shoot, to kill, to disrespect women, disregard people, whether it's police or everyday citizens, then those are negative calls to action. So if we're paying for that music, supporting that rapper, waving his banner, his flag, whatever, hitting up his gram, we are supporting that negative call to action that causes the trigger to be pulled. All right, very powerful. This is Street Soldiers, our Push for Peace Town Hall. I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be back with more right after this. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. It is really great to be here. I'm Lisa Evers, your host for Street Soldiers on Hot 97, Fox 5, and Fox Soul. This is our 10th annual Push for Peace Town Hall. We are talking about stopping the shootings and what can be done. And we're bringing this to you from the NYPD Community Center right here in East New York, Brooklyn. You know, we are at a very critical crossroads here in this summer of 2021. Shootings are at an all-time high in some cities and near record highs in many other cities, including here in New York. They're happening too often in broad daylight, too often when children are caught in the crossfire and when there's no regard for who's out there or who's going to get hit. A lot of people say that it has gone too far. That's why we're involved with this. That's why we're doing this program. And that's why community groups are so very important 
to what is happening. The NYPD is reimagining policing, and part of that has to do with rebuilding the trust and the relationship with the community. Okay, let's get to our panel right now. Joining me is NYPD Chief of Department Rodney Harrison. Also with us is Aisha Sekou. She is the founder and CEO of Street Corner Resources. We're also joined by Chief Jeffrey Madry. He's the Community Affairs Chief for NYPD. And also the rapper HD. He is trying to reform hip hop. He is a Marine. Thank you for your service, by the way. And he is also a college student. So he's trying to change the narrative that in hip hop too often encourages the gun violence. HD, thank you so much for being with us. You must be getting a lot of flack though from people talking about the lyrics and that type of thing. I mean, you know, I try not to, you know, glorify a lot of the things that's being said in the music right now. I, um, I try to take a more sophisticated approach, a more knowledgeable, knowledgeable approach. But again, like I said, always, you know, making sure that I put consequence and end result in the music. Because um, th again, that's very vital, so yeah. Because, and you think it really has a direct effect on what's happening on the streets? 100%, absolutely. You know, growing up, in, again, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, you, you listen to the music, you listen to the lyrics, uh, the language, uh, what they're saying, and so you take it on as it's like it's a cool thing, it's popularized, and then you see your friends doing it, and then you see the elders doing it, and you're looking for direction, and you really don't have none because nobody's guiding you in the right direction. So again, a lot of these things stem from home. So it's, it's important that your parents, you know, ensure that you, you, you involve yourself with programs that will allow you to, you know, go outside of the community and go outside of the neighborhood. And have positive role models. 100%. And have positive, positive impact. Chief Harrison, I want, I want to ask you this. When we sat in your office at one police headquarters for a one-on-one -on -one interview which aired on, on Fox 5, you shocked me, and I want to share this with the audience. When I asked you, when you t said that you had very negative encounters with police as a young man, as a college student in Queens, at one point even being pulled out of the car, slammed onto the ground, an officer pulling a gun, and yet you became a police officer, and now you are the highest ranking uniformed officer in the NYPD. Thank you. What made you do become who you are and dedicate yourself to the city going after those experiences that would have made a lot of people hate police for the rest of their life? Yeah, so I, I joined a program called the Cadet Corps, and uh, it kind of opened my eyes. And what it was was, it was a, a, a cops and kids basketball game, which I was always into sports and I was always work, liked working with the youth. And this is something that I saw and I said, wow, this is something that I could uh, be a part of and make a change when it comes to working with the youth that are even here today. And how can we get them on, in the right direction? Listen, growing up in New York City, everybody can understand this is hard, especially in our brown and black communities. And a lot more crossroads that we have to face in other communities as well. And it's important that as police officers, we're here to protect and serve. But we're also here to guide as well and make sure how do we make sure when those young men and women get to that crossroad, they make the right decision. That's one of the reasons which pushed me to uh, step into the doors of the NYPD. And did you have any regrets at any time? Absolutely not. It's been a great experience and I'm still working with youth. I have a chief of department youth forum that I'm currently doing today. We're hitting up all the different communities just to talk about, you know, some of the things that we see um, 
growing up in New York City and some of the struggles that they have to be faced with on an everyday basis. Aisha, let me talk, ask you about the, like how prevalent the shootings are this summer because there have been a couple of times when I've had to call you about as we were planning this show mm -hmm. and you were just, just coming in or just going out to another shooting that happened in Harlem. Mm -hmm. So, what effect is it having on the community? So to one thing I just want to be transparent about, that Rodney and I have been working together on the street, dealing with gun violence for a long time, I mean, for years. And uh, he worked with some of our young people in the schools when 129th Street was really, really bad, and I would bring Rodney in out of uniform. At first he had a little attitude about it, but then he would come in no <laughs> uniform and talk to young people. So the way that we change things is to have some dialogue and sometimes absence of the uniform so that we can create relationships. So I thank you for that. I just wanted to be able uh, to say that. But when we talk about the violence on the street, what we're seeing, because Rodney and I were talking, uh, Chief Harrison and I were talking, I affectionately know him as Rodney, but we were talking about whether or not it's gangs, and what what's, do you what's see, going what do you on? See what we see, what I Harlem. see, what my team sees, the Speak Peace Forward team, some of them are here right now, what we see on the street is that, particularly during the pandemic, we saw people getting stimulus checks, unemployment, some people were scamming, there were those who had money and was getting money and those who weren't. And what we saw is when the firecrackers came in, we know that they come from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, basically the Iron Pipeline, the same place that the guns come from. We knew that guns came in with the firecrackers. Why? Because even on the street, they were letting it be known that they had guns in certain areas. By what? Shooting before the firecrackers went off. We know the difference with that sound, firecrackers and guns. So we know that guns uh, was, was brought into the community the same time that the firecrackers crack, crackers were. We know that people were gambling and drinking earlier than they normally would. People who would drink in the evening were now drinking at 10 o'clock. Why? Because people were not working. They were getting money. And they were still getting money. And the other thing I have to be honest and say, with, even with the uh, NYPD present, is that there was a fallback because there was this call to defund the police. And the police had fallen back. Whether there's an admission of that or not, I witnessed it. I was on the street, have fallen back. And so some things, and even officers that I know well, have said to me, you know, they're not, uh, they're not, um, what do you call as it? Proactive as a proactive. They're not convicting but let me, let me, let me, crimes, let me have so Chief Madry address. Uh, Chief Madry, what about that? Arrest that's something on those I, crimes. And, and I'm sure a lot of you in the audience have said this to people or have heard this, that the police are just not cracking down the way they used to crack down on certain things. And yes, the laws have changed. Yes, the, the rules on policing have changed. What is the reality of that? Hmm. Well, the reality of, reality of that is, is when we saw the gun violence go up, we saw the gun arrests go up tremendously. We were making record levels of gun arrests. So there were a lot of officers out there that were still working. They were going out there trying to keep our community safe and they were putting their lives on the line for, for, for everyone. The laws have changed. There was a lot of calls for reform. So there was some changes. We weren't, you know, uh, pushing zero tolerance, zero tolerance policies as much. We were out there trying to use more discretion, trying to work closer with the communities and give more warnings, again, to help to build relationships. But you did see officers out there tackling gun violence, making these gun arrests trying to keep our community safe. Do you think there was a change in the overall climate where people were feeling like, well, you know what, anything goes? Well, uh, I, I, I can't say that for certain, but I, we... I can say that. Well, there, there's no. a certain apathy, just in all fairness. There was a, a, an apathetic attitude, an attitude on both sides. Like, we don't give, right, right. about 
what goes down in the community. We're going to drink when we want to. We're going to smoke when we want to. We're going to gamble when we want to. And the police is like, well, y'all trying to defund us? This is what happens. But this it also happened how, at a so time it was when like a lot a show of things were, were, not, were no right. longer offenses, like jumping the turnstile, you right. didn't get a ticket. And, and we saw that. But at the same Sm time, smoking marijuana. At the same time, we, mm -hmm. we saw a lot more challenge and disrespect towards law right, enforcement absolutely. as well. So, you know, we saw the incident where our officers went to break up a party and they were pelted with bottles and rocks and other objects. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit of both. The officers were engaging and they were being met with a lot of disrespect at a real critical time That's right. where we were trying to say, hey, let's do better as a department. But Chief, there were also, there were also officers that were disciplined because of, of actions that they took with a lot of the protests. Do you feel that everyone that was involved with that was, there was enough, there was enough uh, what do you call it, discipline for that? Well, I mean, the, the DOI, the CCRB, they're conducting their investigations. Uh, our internal affairs, they're still conducting investigations. I know they did put an article out about how many officers were being disciplined, and that is still ongoing. But again, it was just a very difficult time for this department. A, a lot of changes, a lot of things going on all, all at the same time. But I the think mayor some of the, it brought change group. forward, Lisa. In all fairness, while we saw uh, you know, behaviors that we didn't want to see in our community, police as well as community people, right, that we saw some things begin to happen that brought people together. I myself have been and part gonna, of that gonna, We're going to talk about that because there's right. a lot of positive things that have happened too, especially in the last, uh, last six to eight months. We're going to talk right. about that. This is Street Soldiers, our Push for Peace Town Hall. I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. This is our 10th annual Push for Peace Town Hall brought to you from the NYPD Community Center here in East New York, Brooklyn. It's their first televised town hall, and we're very happy to be here. Joining me on this powerhouse panel, I'm going to start at this end here, is the rapper HD. He is an up-and-coming artist from Brooklyn. He's a Marine. He's also a college student, and he's out to reform hip-hop, whether you like it or not. Give it up for HD, please. <laughs> Next to HD is Chief Jeffrey Madry. He is the Chief of Community Affairs. Yes, he's the one. I know people were asking me before. He's the one that took a knee in front of the Barclay Center during the George Floyd protests. And he's also been one of the main architects um, in the police department of reconnecting with the community in very, very basic ways like the youth programs that you see here in the community outreach. Chief Madry, thank you so much for being with us. Next to Chief Madri is Aisha Sekou. She's the CEO and founder of Street Corner Resources. It is one of the city's premier cure violence programs based in Harlem. She's been in the community, out there on the streets, and so many of her group is, are here as well, the Street Corner Resources. Aisha, thank you for your work and for thank being with for us. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. And also joining us is NYPD Chief of Department Rodney Harrison. He is the highest ranking NYPD uniformed officer in the department. He's in charge of pretty much everything that goes on on the streets. And I keep trying to provoke him a little bit, but it seems like nothing can face him, so he's the right guy for that job. Thank you so much for being with us, Chief Harrison. Now, I know a lot, of you have, a lot of you have questions and comments. I'm going to go into the audience right now and, and talk with some of the people who are here. 
one of the things that happens with gun violence are the victims. And a lot of times the victims and the survivors and the families of the victims don't get the attention or the, the, just the respect or really even the resources that they need to go through these traumatic times. I want to introduce you to Patricia Hamilton. Her daughter, Shalimar Burkett, was shot and killed in May of 2021 of this year while she was at a memorial for somebody else who had been shot and killed. And Ms. Hamilton, thank you so much for being with us. Yes, I have um, my only two children died of gun violence. My son, Neon Hamilton, three years ago, he um, got shot. And last month, my daughter, Shalimar Burkett, got shot at a vigil. And I would just like these killers off the street. I just want justice. How do you find the strength to come out? And first of all, we appreciate you coming out today. I have to have the strength because I have three grandkids I have to, you know, take care of. And we thank you for coming out with your family to help us understand the toll that this has taken. So it's changed your life. Thank you. All right. Thank you so. Thank you so much. And we have one of your relatives here, Harriet Hines. Harriet, what has this done to your family? These these tragic losses. Well, our family is extremely um, distraught. It's like broken up the family in terms of um, my little cousins do not have their mom anymore in their life. And let me say the worst thing that can happen to anyone is for a parent to have to bury their child. It should be the opposite way around. Um, I've been very vocal about the issue with gun violence. I've been very vocal about the need for NYPD. We do not need to defund NYPD. We need to refund NYPD because the community, along with the NYPD, needs to build an alliance so that we can get these killers off the street. Um, as a family, we're trying our best to make sense out of a senseless death. You know, uh, we still have not found the killers, and um, we're just begging the, the NYPD, and we're begging the community, someone come out and speak. I that's a big, been a big problem. Let me, let me get a response. Chief Harrison, you were the chief of detectives before you became the chief of department. Yeah. The detectives have solved some of these cases very quickly and others, even when no, nobody talked, like with baby Devell Gardner Jr. in Bed-Stuy, it yeah. took a long time. And even though nobody talked, they still were able to, to crack the case. What do you say to this family that's, that's suffering with the loss of two, two of their members and, and no arrests? So, so first and foremost, condolences. Uh, and like she stated, uh, nobody should uh, have to bury their child. Um, you just take a look at some of the incidents that also happened throughout the city. Um, Brandon Hendricks in, in the Bronx. Um, talk about a Mayor Griffin uh, that happened in, in, in Baisley uh, developments. It's, it's happening too often. And it's important that people understand that we want to hold people accountable and bring these perpetrators to justice. And the way to, for that to work is we need the community to feel comfortable to come forward. You know, I always promote our Crime Stoppers hotline 1-800-577-TIPS. People know what's going on. We need for people to feel comfortable to come forward so we can help my detectives, who are the greatest detectives in the world, um, these lead, lead them mm -hmm. in the right direction and solve some of these cases. And you just raised the reward, 3,500. Is it really anonymous? Like Ab abs absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right, Let me, uh, let's go over here to uh, members from the community here. Brother Minister Henry Muhammad, he's the Brooklyn rep for the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, Mosque 7C. Yes, go ahead, please. Thank you. What is your sense about what is happening on the streets here? Because so much tragedy, and yes, there is a lot of progress, but what's your sense about people have a feeling of mayhem? 
Well, I, it's, I see it's very complex. As we heard the panel speak, um, for instance, uh, Chief Madry, Chief Harrison, Sister Sekou, we know that we've worked with Chief Madry and Chief Harrison here in East New York and in Brooklyn for a number of years. And when we start talking about um, defunding the police and all that, our thing is that we need to police our own communities. But policing our own communities doesn't mean we get rid of certain police officers and we come on in. No, we work with those who love the what they do and love the people. And that's what we've not got out of Chief Madry. That's what we've gotten out of Chief Harrison. And when you're working together, especially with the community affairs officer, because they're on the ground all the time, then those of us in the community that are activists that care about our community and want to see our community better, then we have a working relationship because it's going to take a village to build things up. So as Sister said, Sister Say Cool, she kind of hinted into the fact that there's a lot of corruption as well. And so getting rid of rogue cops has to happen on their end. Getting rid of rogue people in the community has to happen. Getting rid of rogue people in different institutions have to happen. And as the minister teaches us, you know, God helps those who help themselves. So if we're not willing to help ourselves and really do what we have to do, then it's not going to happen. I'm in the prisons as well. I'm in five state prisons. I see these brothers who come in and get these big time after they did all that work on the street, as they would say. But the thing that I'm also seeing is that they have to be built up from within and from without, and we got to be real patient with what's going on with our people because we are dealing from broken families, dysfunctional households. It's a lot. It's, a lot, it's, a lot of a lot of historic trauma as well. But let me let me tell you, anyone else on this side here have a question or comment that you'd like to make? Okay. Foundation called the Carlton Loxley Bennett Foundation. The CEO, her son was killed over a gold chain in 1993. And we have started a foundation helping families who went through this. We have several mothers who went through it. Um, um, Justin Ritchie, who was killed last year, his um, grandmother is part of our foundation. And we really need help and funding from the community. You know, we've been giving out support, book bags, school supplies, food, clothes, whatever we could do to help. And we've been doing this for the past um, 15 years. A lot, a lot of great work that you've done and a lot of families that you've yeah. helped. Let me ask you this. What do you say to the people that are out there pulling the triggers and not thinking that the consequences are there? It's, it's hard. It's really hard because you have people that think that it's all right to, you know, to forget about the fist fight. But I also think the police should come back in the community. That's I think they should, they, they should start walking the beat because I'm, I'm 63. When I grew up, we knew the cop, I and mean, we, we knew the time he was going to come. We knew he might bring ice cream. We know he might, you know, he had a relationship. I grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant, and we could set our watch by him. Oh, my gosh. All right, let me get a response because we're a little bit on. Chief Madry, what about, the, what about her comment about the, the officer, you know, the, that relationship with the community and, and reliance on the officers? She's absolutely right. That's what we have uh, been focusing on through neighborhood policing and with community affairs, with all our members of the department, pushing our officers to build those stronger relationships. And as the chief said, with the stronger relationships, that's how we're going to resolve issues. H.D., what about that? I agree. I concur. I think, you know, it's, it's important that 
you know, for us to see that it's okay to associate with police officers. It's okay to come together, you know, from my end and from, and from my youth and um, from my peers, that it's okay because they don't think it is, you know, and they don't see it as often. So when somebody like myself as an artist um, is associating with these individuals, it, it becomes an okay thing, a cool thing. And I think that's what needs to happen more from people that are in my position. Absolutely. No, we, we appreciate what 100%. you're trying to do. Coming up, we're going to find out what it's like to be a teenager when you know the bullets could be flying at any time. That's next. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers. It's our 10th annual Push for Peace Town Hall. We're bringing it to you from the NYPD Community Center in East New York, Brooklyn. We have an amazing audience. We have an amazing panel joining us is HD. He's a rapper. He is also a college student and a Marine. He's trying to reform hip-hop. Next to him is Chief Jeffrey Madry. Chief Madry is the Chief of Community Affairs with the NYPD. We're also joined by Aisha Seku. She is the CEO and founder of Street Corner Resources in Harlem. And next to her is Chief Rodney Harrison. He is the Chief of Department of the NYPD, the highest-ranking uniformed officer in the police department. And Chief Harrison, when you hear hear about these victims, you hear about these stories, you hear about them wanting some kind of closure with the investigation. What have you told some of the families here tonight? Yeah, you know what, so the NYPD, we, we do a lot of good things and some things we could do better. And one of the things that I wanted to reassure is we're going to keep you abreast of how the investigation is going, where we stand, how far out are we. Um, but that's something that we just have to take a look at as, as ourselves internally to make sure our, our unfortunate victims that are going through a very difficult time losing a loved one, at least the, the least we could do is let them know where the investigation stands. And that you're working on it, right? And they're absolutely working on it, yes and that, ma'am. That something, and, and then when something happens, they can find out about it. And as soon as we get more information, make sure we update them and let them know when an arrest is made in a timely manner. All right, let's go to the youth here because we have members here from the Team Right Basketball Association. You want to stand up and ask us your, your question or comment? We really want to get a sense because you guys are out there at school, you're going to practice, you got all your tournaments and stuff. What's, how is this gun violence affecting you guys? Um, I feel, um, my name is Mike Well. Um, I feel like gun violence is affecting us because like, as the youth, even though like, we may not be in the streets, like doing negative things. We still young and we still outside, but it's like, it's this negative connotation where we can't even like wear what we like to wear or like, you know, do certain things because everybody is walking around trying to like put on this, this tough guy persona and carry around guns and, you know, harm us. So it feels, so it's like, it's hard and it's, it's real. You gotta like, you gotta be strong, real strong. You just gotta keep your mind straight to know what you really want to do and have tunnel vision and be positive. So it sounds very stressful. So you're saying that you're always in the back of your mind is this issue of gun violence or gangs or, or negative effects? Yes. I mean, yeah, it's like that, that's just how it is out here right now. I mean, hopefully it will get better. I pray it get better. But like right now, like, it's like everybody is living in fear and it's, it's hard for us, but I feel uh, I'm, you know, I trust that everything gonna get better. And well, we thank you for speaking out. And how, in terms of the community center, because you play with the, the Team Right Basketball Association, that's one of the one of the sports leagues that plays out of the community center. What difference has that made for you in terms of dealing with the stress and just dealing with that pressure of being a young person trying to stay on the right path? 
Um, I just go on the court and just take out everything that I feel in a positive way instead of going outside with a gun and shooting somebody. And it's helping. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Andrew, you want to say a word about that? Because you're the founder. I want to... This is Andrew Wright. He is, the, he is the founder of the Team Wright Basketball Association, and uh, they practice here. They were given space here during the pandemic. You told me something pretty amazing when I was here and, and seeing what you guys were doing, that this actually saved lives. It absolutely saved lives. It was a um, safe haven for all kids. It was a place where kids can come into the building and absolutely be themselves 100% without having to put on any personas as our team members spoke of. It allowed us to um, communicate with each other in a, in a positive manner. It allowed us to form relationships with other youth in the building. So this was the bridge that we discussed earlier that connected us with other children. And I believe that's what the violence is in our streets. It's people not knowing people. Disconnected. It's disconnected. disconnected. Chief Mary, what about that when you hear that? Thank you. Just, uh, team right for being here and running their program here because it really creates an opportunity for us to work on that disconnect and be able to uh, work with the young people in the community and show them that the NYPD is a positive resource and that we will open up our doors and embrace our youth to give them somewhere safe to be. Public safety is all our responsibility and it's not about the NYPD going out there just chasing people and catching people with guns. It's about providing opportunities for our young people and for all our communities. Everyone that's in this room, we are sitting in this space that is for all of you to come out and do programs, to engage with one another, to engage with members of this department. We have so many programs that are run here by officers as well as by outside members of the community. Too is that you have a lot of community members that, that come in. Aisha, how important are the programs? Because you have a you have a you have a similar program of your version with a street sure. corner. Street corner resources. You know, we're proud that we have a music studio. We have act activities for our young people. They'll be going up to Pine Ridge next week, horseback riding, boating, all of that, swimming. But there's not enough. It's not enough for just us to have 25 to 40 kids that we do work with? What about all of the young, other young people who are personally incarcerating themselves in their home so that they don't have to have negative interaction either and with gangs or the police? So we have to make it so that our young people who are doing the right thing, like this young man said, it feels uncomfortable. We have to make our young people comfortable again. We have to stop crim criminalizing them, expecting that they are wrong because they dress a certain way and create programming where they have go-to spaces and go-to people because that's where they learn to win, lose, agree, disagree, and resolve conflict. That's right. how we learned it. Right. So we need to open up more spaces. Okay. HD, did you want to say, did you want to add something to that? Like, did you want to add something to what the, HD, to, to Yeah, I definitely want to, wanted, I just wanted to add on, I agree with what you said. Um, it allows everyone to come together and unite and to, you know, respect one another in a, in a different space and in a different light. Mm -hmm. um, for myself, um, you know, I'm, again, Brooklyn, New York, I was exposed to so many different negative things. However, it was a program that my mother 
um, put me in, which is called the Fresh Air Front Program. And from then on, you know, took my life in a whole different trajectory. I joined the military from then on. I was exposed to different things. I was around different people and my mindset changed. And when I went back to Brooklyn, New York, you know, I tried to, you know, shed this information on my peers and my friends. And it kind of, it helped them in that, in that format. But again, these programs are extremely vital. So I, you know, concur with, with these programs. And I suggest that, you know, we really come together to, you know, create things such as the Fresh Air Fund, such as, you know, basketball, such as, you know, uh, games and, you know, giving them extracurricular activities so that way they stay off the streets, for sure. And things like that. All right, we got some more questions and comments. You have some questions from our panel. What, what's your first name? Hi, my name is Ines, and I'm part of the NYC Options Program, and we're funded by the Police Foundation, and we're a program that is striving to take kids off our street and give them a safe environment to come and learn professional development and find out what they want to do in the careers as a career later on. And my first question is, how can the community help us expand so that there's this opportunity for all kids in all five boroughs? And my second question is, how can we train, can we please train more officers so that they're emotionally, so that they can be trained in emotional profession and learn to deal with situations better? All right, they, she's talking about the program, and I got, a chance to, I got a chance to see the options program, the virtual reality, they use virtual reality to teach conflict resolution, That's which right. is very popular. You're talking about the emotional intelligence and the proficiency that, that it helps to, to change. Chief Madry, what, what about that program and the effect? What about what she's saying? That Should that be something that's used for officers? Absolutely, and our officers do use the program, as well as the young people. It helps them build their emotional intelligence their life skills. Uh, this program is tremendous for our young people. Like I said, it, it helps them develop so many different things within themselves and learn how to deal with conflict in a, a very respectful way. And never, there's, never been a pro there's never been a problem with a program not having a lot of people waiting to get in, correct? Uh, this program has a, it has a lot of people in it, and there's a lot of people waiting to get into this options it's so, program. There's so much. They build the websites. They do a lot of different they things. They build websites. A lot of great things they do. And, and Amazing. They really, and it's the main thing that's great about it is youth-led. A lot of the young people, when they go through the program, they take over as the teachers and the mentors in the program. All right. What's your first name, and what's your question or comment? Um, my name is Josiah. Um, my question is, um, I'm a college, I'm, I'm about to be in college, and so what is some things that, you know, as the youth, we could expect, like, to ensure our safety? Like, you know, yeah, that's my All question. right, Chief Harrison, what about that? As a, as a youth going to college, what, what are some of the things that he can expect from the police department to enhance and increase his safety? Yeah, so, and I, I, number one is I, I appreciate your question, and I, I got to touch upon couple programs that we have in place that are getting kids off the streets and into the right places. One, we have the Rockaway Colts under Lenora Moody that's getting kids off the, off the streets and getting them um, in a situation where they can compete in football. Then we have Winston Faison. He has an aeronautics program here that's getting kids an opportunity to learn how to fly a plane. Then we have Mike Almonte. He's got the Blue Chips program, uh, playing basketball with the kids. I mean, there's so many things that we're doing regarding getting into the communities to make sure that these idle hands are busy and doing things that are going to guide them and be successful for their future. So, you know, believe it or not, it's not about, we're not gonna be able to arrest our way 
out of getting stopping gun violence. It's going to be about, hey, what can we do as the NYPD building programs, strengthening relationships to keep these young men and women involved and active? And I think Ms. Porter's in the back, and there's some people from the Community Affairs Department here that can help, it can help you and uh, anyone else that's interested in finding out about some of the programs that they offer and that can be, be of an assistance like that. We are just about out of time with this, and I want to... I just want to make sure that people know that the, the Cure Violence sites all over the city, it's about 23 Cure Violence sites, organizations like Street Corner Resources that prevents violence but also employs young people, have programming, services, Mike Tucker's in the building. Uh, Mike put Tucker, down the lay guns. the guns down, has, yes. Right, there you go. So there are programs all across the city, but they need more funding, more support, and of course, we need to be a, a resource for each so, other. So, Aisha, I'm going to get a final so, question from a final comment from everybody. A quick mm -hmm. comment. So, your your suggestion for stopping the stopping the shootings would be everybody here to pressure their elected officials to fund programs, fund the community. Right. So, I, I would I, I would say that um, my solution uh, to gun violence, or one of them, is one, we need counselors in every single school. We have kids dropping out, and they don't have anyone to talk to. So, we need go-to people. We need sites that are now empty, storefronts, to be open so that families and their young people can go in and, be, and decompress. They're dealing with shooting after shooting after shooting with no counseling. That creates the shooter. Right? And if they're playing video games all day, they're desensitized. So we need places where they have other activities. Other so things programs. to do. HD, what's your, what's your solution? Uh, my solution would be to you know, change the mindset. I think that's where it starts. And also ensuring that um, home decency and, and home etiquette and you know, the parents are actually you know, involved with the kids and actually teaching them something and policing them at home before they go into the streets you know, and with, with vulnerabilities, et cetera. And to take more involvement with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. Chief Madry, what about this? Uh, for me, it's really about building relationships, and that's what community affairs is all about, bridging the gap between mm -hmm. police and community. You heard Assist Aisha say more resources, changing the mindset, building relationships. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a, uh, you know, it's, it's gonna be a, a multi-layered approach where we have to do different things to prevent this gun violence and to keep our people safe. All right, thank you. Chief Harrison, what can you tell our audience this summer that you and this department of tens of thousands of officers is going to do to make people safe? Well, if I could just politely uh, disagree with Aisha, who I love, but the truth of the matter is this. The men and women of the NYPD are working hard to make this city safe. It was just, as uh, Jeff stated earlier, we're getting more guns off the street than ever before. They're working hard. They're putting their lives on the line. We're going to continue to do that to make sure that New York City stays one of the safest big cities in the country. All right, well, I, I want to thank our panel, HD. Let's give, them, uh, give it up for <laughs> Chief Jeffrey Madry, thank you so much. Thank you. Aisha Sekou, thank you very, very much. Chief Harrison, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. I want to thank my incredible uh, team, Lisa, I call them, um, my incredible Fox 5 team our, our, and our Hot 97 team who's here, DJ Mike Medium, who's been up for the last couple of days, my Fox 5 team that's been going around the clock. I want to thank, the, I want to thank the, the staff from the NYPD Community Affairs Bureau that helped us put this together. I want to thank the uh, Community Center staff, Ms. Porter and her team, for helping us get everything going here. I want to thank the audience, everybody from all the groups. I got a lot of thank yous. Gratitude is my attitude. Um, and I want to thank you for being part of this historic Push for Peace Town Hall, our 10th annual. 
our first televised town hall from this NYPD community center. Hopefully it won't be the last, and hopefully one day soon the shootings will stop. We can be talking about something else, like pushing for health or pushing for education. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.